I had to learn how to celebrate small wins. And, and I'm talking about small wins. I'm talking about wiggling your big toe. I'm talking about picking up a glass of water and drinking. I'm talking about holding your phone up to your ear and having a conversation because your hands can open and you could hold your arm up for that long. Start noticing the small things um, and start taking joy in being able to do the small things and your whole life will change. Hi, I'm Natalie Bucos and you are entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and this is the place where we celebrate everyday people making good happen each and every day. Welcome to World Gone Good. If you like the good we got going on here, why not share us with your friends and frenemies? Post us on your social media, email or text a link. Help us make the world a gooder, it's a word, place. And for that, as always, we say thank you. Today we have an interesting show for you, mostly because I had no idea what it was going to be about before we started recording. For real. No clue. No clue. I went into this one blind, literally, fully trusting a good friend of mine when she said, you should have my niece on. As you'll hear me tell it in just a few seconds here, I said, tell me no more. If she says this is something good, I believe her. And I wanted to experience it with you as it happened. And boy, oh boy, is it about to happen. Natalie Bucos is here to inspire us with her true good life story. Today we have the niece of a guest, former guest of the show, former co-worker of mine who still owes me lunch since 2017, your Aunt Susan Boos. Susan Boos, if you're listening, you know you owe me lunch. So Natalie, I need to start there. How many lunches does Aunt Susan owe you? Let us bond. I, you know, I think that she should take us to the Ivy. Okay. I like where you're going. And I think it should be anything and everything on the table, Aunt Susan, if you're listening. I like this. I really (laughs) like where this is going. Susan Boos is one of my favorite people. Uh, I had her on a show we did um, about volunteering last year. And and we had a great time together talking about that. And then she uh, messages me and says, you need to talk to my niece. She needs to be on your show. And I go, great. And... She starts telling me a little bit about what it's about. I go, no, 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 don't tell me. Like, I just want Natalie to come on, open the door, and away you go. So, Natalie, go for it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to kind of share a little bit more about my story and and really, I think, hope for a lot of listeners. Um, You know, I grew up in Orange County, California, and I was such an active young woman. I grew up playing volleyball, softball. I was a swimmer. um, And I just lived a very Southern California life. And when I was 
15 years old. I was just days away from my 16th birthday. I was skiing in Big Bear and I endured a spinal cord injury and I became paralyzed from the neck down. And to say that that was, you know, catastrophic in any way and every way would be the biggest understatement of the century. But I, I feel like for myself, my something good is really everything that came from that, which I know a lot, it surprises a lot of people to hear me say that. But the person that I've become and the mindset and the faith that I've gained from that day and that life-changing moment is actually something that I'm really grateful for to kick us off kind of hard. <laughs> wow, that is a big kickoff. Well, we had a I had a guest on here before. Her name's Lolita Molina and she is paraplegic and um and 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 she's has a full life and and a wonderful life. Let's go back for a second here. Uh skiing. Were you first time skiing? Were you a regular skier? Wouldn't that be nice if I if I was a first time skier? That would make me sound a little bit <laughs> That would make me sound a little bit less lame, I feel like. Um, No, I had been skiing before, but I had only skied in really, you know, I feel like largely snowy places like Park City. Um, And I was skiing in Big Bear when I was injured, which is largely as many people who live in California and have skied there know it's it's largely man-made snow in a lot of ways. And so it was quite icy when I was injured. And yeah, that's, that's unfortunately what happened. When it happened, in the moment, what were you thinking? What were you, I mean, feeling? What were you thinking? Was it, were you thinking anything? Great question. Uh, You know, a lot of people have asked me if I lost consciousness, and I actually didn't. But when I fell um, at that time, like I said, I was 15, and I had actually never broken a bone in my body. So I guess I was just lucky to break the most important one, your your spinal cord. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I had fallen, I actually fell face down in the snow. And I was as I was laying face down, I couldn't roll over. I couldn't move. So I was like kind of suffocating in a way, just being face in the snow. And when somebody has a spinal cord injury, obviously, when they say that they can't move, the last thing that you want to do is move them. Um, to further damage any other, um, you know, areas that they have already injured. And so when I fell, I, you know, I ultimately thought I was like, wow, I have I first off, have I broken every single bone in my body? Because I had never known what I didn't know what a spinal cord injury was, I'd never broken a bone. And then my second thought when I couldn't move at all, I thought, well, have I died? (laughs) And that was those were my, those were my first two questions to myself. And yeah, so it's pretty heavy. That is heavy, and and you were you were fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's a lot for a fifteen year old. So, <laughs> hate to be blunt here, how long were you laying there? Not that long. Um, okay. Just a couple. Just a couple of minutes. They um, where I was injured. They had paramedics um, very close by. I got injured on the very bottom of the mountain, and so they got to me pretty quickly and. From there, I was transported into an ambulance and was rushed down to the bottom of the mountain, where then I was taken to a trauma hospital, and um, the rest of my journey would start there. When was the moment that it connected? Like, life change. Oh my God, this happened. Now what? I think the moment when I realized 
wow, I, I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe what I'm experiencing was when I woke up from my surgery. So I had broken my C5, C6 vertebrae in my neck, a cervical spinal injury, and I had to have a fusion surgery. And um, that was about a six hour surgery. And when I had woken up, obviously, I was very, you know, coming out of surgery and, you know, very confused. And I just remember not being able to feel anything from my neck down. And my parents were by my side. Obviously, I had really, you know, really great doctors and nurses taking care of me. But it is almost an out-of-body experience, um, not not being like looking at your feet and looking at your legs, watching people touch your legs, being able to move them or anything, and just and and not feeling any of it. It's 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 a very it's a very trippy thing um, to take in uh, and and especially to experience at, at such a young age, um, and so that started, gosh, from the, right after my surgery all the way until I would come out um, and go into a rehabilitation center where I would focus on physical therapy and learning how to live in a chair and be independent. You're a human being, so. Did you have those moments of why me? Oh yeah. Um I I I'm a Christian woman and I before my injury had a lot of faith in my life and you know youth group and growing up in the faith but there was definitely times you know when I was in inpatient where I was actually uh, in to kind of back up a little bit for people that are listening that you know, have seen people, whether they're paraplegics, which means that two of their limbs are affected, usually their legs. But for myself, being a quadriplegic and having a cervical injury, it's actually all four limbs affected. So all the way from my neck down, um, so my arms, my hands, my legs, none of them functioned. They, They couldn't move. I couldn't feel them. So I was basically like an adult infant in a lot of ways. Um, I needed help with everything. I needed help with itching my face. I needed help having a drink of water. I needed help sitting up. I needed help sitting down. I mean, everything. Um, and I think for myself, I um, I really had a moment in inpatient where I thought to myself, I just, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this for the rest of my life. Um, and in moments like that, what I've always found have helped me the most is really just closing my eyes and and praying and trying to pray for discernment and understanding of what I'm trying, uh, what the Lord is trying to speak to me and, and why I'm having to go through this because I felt like in that moment where I had nothing, truly nothing, I had no movement, I had no feeling, um, I felt very isolated, very alone. I thought to myself, I, I, I don't have anywhere else to turn. <laughs> I can't, I can't change anything in my body. I can't change my experience. I can't get out of this. Um, and I'm going to have to go into this. And and what I did was I really just, I just surrendered in my life in a lot of ways to the Lord um, and trying to understand what I was supposed to, uh, why I was, why I was going through this and, and to help me understand and help me, um, help me have a, have a, have a mindset that isn't going to, isn't going to break. And, um, and and honestly, that's what I got. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what that happened in that moment for me. But definitely not a lot of why me. Um, I also was surrounded by a lot of people um, in my life that 
really made everything possible for me and never made me feel like what I was going through um, made me a burden to other people because I had to have such around the clock care. So I'm really blessed. And, and I know that's not the reality for a lot of people that have this injury. It's funny too, because we we get caught up in our day to day, right? And our, and our what we consider our normal day to day and problems. I use giant quotation fingers right now. Mm-hmm. Did you have a shift of like, oh my God, None of that stuff mattered. All that stuff mattered. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I always talk to my friends about this um, because you hear so many people, and especially in my life, because nobody really treats me any differently. That's close to me. I'm still Natalie. I just get around a little differently. But I definitely have had people in my life that have been like, "Oh, I don't want to go to the gym. Oh, I don't want to run. I don't want to do this." And it t- sometimes takes all of my being to be like. It's not that you have to, it's that you get to. Right, you can. And and you can. And, you know, my whole, on my Instagram and what we were doing in the month of December was we did a series called 29 Days of Natalie. And in the month of December was when I was injured. And, you know, subconsciously, I always kind of feel a heaviness in that month. And I try to do all of the things to stay positive and, busy and purposeful and everything, but there really is still a weight on me a little bit just because that's, you know, the month my life changed forever. So the goal of doing the series was to be able to provide daily joy to people. And these are small things, right? These are getting behind the wheel of your car and getting out of your car independently and going somewhere by yourself. Like that is a small win. And for myself, I had to learn how to celebrate small wins and and I'm talking about small wins. I'm talking about wiggling your big toe. I'm talking about picking up a glass of water and drinking. I'm talking about holding your phone up to your ear and having a conversation because your hands can open and you can hold your arm up for that long. These are things um, that were huge victories to me at one point in my life. And now the inspiration behind my series and something we call Natitude, which has been my nickname for a long time, is it doesn't really matter what the goal is, how big, how small it is, but it just matters that you keep moving forward despite how slow or fast you're going. And for me, being able to celebrate those small victories, like I said, were huge at the time for me, but it's really transpired in so many ways in my life now. And in being a high achiever and being somebody who really prides herself on, you know, getting things done and moving forward in my career and all of those amazing things. It's like, I still carry that with me of, wow, that was so cool that I was able to go to the grocery store and I didn't need somebody to help me with that. Or I was able to go to this event and I didn't need somebody pushing me around in my chair the whole time. And I was able to do this and that. So the small victories, if anybody takes anything away from our time together, it's start noticing the small things um, and start taking joy in being able to do the small things and your whole life will change. Um, You know, when you change your way of thinking, you really change your life. And that, that has been so true for me in my journey. Do you think you would be the person you are today. I know it sounds silly to ask this. Do you think you would be the person you are today if you didn't go through what you went through comparatively to everybody else? 
Absolutely not. I would not be the same person that I am today. And I know that wholeheartedly because before my injury, I my value that I placed on things, achievements, people, X, Y, Z was, you know, so high up in one regard. But when it came to knowing myself and being able to develop mindset, confidence, attitude, effort, um, you know, those are those are things that I feel like through my injury and and my tragedy in in a lot of ways that people look at it um, are things that there is no way I would have developed the type of resilience that I have if I wouldn't have gone through something like this. And I was actually um, I was on this uh, amazing podcast called the Hopeaholics a couple weeks ago. And they had asked me if, um, if I had the opportunity to go back to the mountain and not have gone skiing that day, you know, would I have? And I paused for a second and I thought to myself, you know, some days physically, you know, because I, I have a fair amount of nerve pain and, um, you know, other other issues some, that come with a spinal cord injury. On some days, I think, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have gone. But I would say 98% of the time, for my mindset and my emotional health and who I am, um, I think I would have still gone and I still would have had my injury to be who I am today. But time is trippy like that because we are in an infinite now and everything else is what happened or what will happen. And even everything you just said, like you, I've said this a million times on here, you can trip yourself out, like thinking like, okay, that's over. Oh, crap, what Steve just said is over. Like you can do that just much like, like when we start thinking about, oh, I have to blink. I have to breathe. Mm-hmm. And then you start focusing on, okay, I'm breathing. Okay, I got to blink. Like all totally. those things you focus on. So I think, no, that is, totally. I think that's a yeah. hard question that they asked you mm-hmm. because the now moment you're in now is not the now moment you were in then, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I, in the 29 days of, of Natalie series that we did on my channel, the finale and video number 29 was actually going back to Big Bear and wow. going back to the place where I had become paralyzed and, you know, ended really my life on two feet. And a lot of people had asked me, you know, why go back? You know, what is the intention behind it? And I just think everybody who's listening to this, um, we're all going to have moments that we go through um, something really hard, whether it's losing somebody, um, you know, it's an internal battle, mental illness, etc. And we're going to have to choose if we're going to let this world win. And if we're going to let ourselves um, become a victim of our circumstances, or we're going to stay and fight. And every day for myself, I woke up harshly accepting my new reality. And I chose to move forward despite despite it. And I think for so many people, um, and a lot of people that I've spoken to that, you know, sometimes look at me and are so like, I don't understand how you could be positive. I don't understand how you could feel purposeful or happy or not be angry um, or not live in what if. And I just, I, I just really believe that my life would not be the same if this hadn't happened to me. But I also feel like I have learned in so many ways that 
and and people talk about hard work all the time, like, oh, you got to work hard to get this or that. And I believe that to a sense, but I also believe that the thing that's going to get you the furthest in your life, and it's definitely been that for me, is developing resilience through effort and attitude. And effort doesn't have to be this grand thing where you need to be giving a, you know, a hundred every day. And if you don't give a hundred every day, then, you know, you're not going to go places and advance in your career or whatever it may be. And in my situation, I really, some days I had maybe 10% to give uh, at physical therapy, at school, whatever. And I just dedicated myself to give a hundred percent of that 10% every day no matter what that looked like. And that was a promise that I gave to myself, um, you know, at 16 and, and throughout my injury. And it's just been something that's taken me um, into rooms, um, into environments, opportunities with people that I couldn't even imagine um, that I would be in, you know, in, now in my career versus when I was injured. Grief is a very powerful emotion, right? It's, it's different than depression. Um, and, and I went through grief because <laughs> I lost, uh, we lost our cat, then my dad, then my dog, like right in a row. And, and, and I bring this up because I got to the cat, whatever the cat was kind of a jerk. My dad was really difficult. It, the third one, the dog, the dog took me out. That's what took me out. But what it forced me to do is to be present in the grief. And to do exactly what you just said is like, okay, I don't think I can give physically, mentally, and emotionally, and spiritually 100% today. I think I can give about 8%, but I'm going to give the best, most powerful 8%. I'm going to fulfill that 8% <laughs> to, it's going to overflow 8%. That's what I told myself. And that to me is the power of living presently. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry for your loss. I I can't even I can't even imagine the grief that you're experiencing. It was just too much at once. It was just it, too much at once. Even just even just the cat, <laughs> you know. I mean, that's there's a lot of um, you know, it, the the amount of emotional pain. I feel like now it's a little bit more talked about in regards to mental health and in my profession and and what I do. I work alongside. Um, Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a celebrity psychiatrist, um, probably the most well-known psychiatrist in the world when it comes to mental health. And if you're interested following him, you can follow him on Instagram at Doc Amen. But what he, what we've talked about a lot is the power of um, the body and the mind and your body keeping score, right? And so experiencing a mental health issue like depression or anxiety, um, you know, or, or something like ADHD or grief. I mean, it is all consuming and it's hard because there's a lot of people that, you know, come into our clinic and are evaluated. And unfortunately, you know, these are things that you can't see. Right. And for me, uh, I've been really blessed in a lot of ways that I haven't necessarily struggled with a mental health condition. Um, but I've obviously struggled deeply with a physical condition and, um, you know, and, and I feel like in a lot of ways, they're equally capitalizing in, in many ways, having a physical disability and a mental disability. Um, and I know for myself, and, you know, a lot of people get to hide their feelings and emotions on the inside. And for me, I, I wear mine all on the outside with my disability. 
you know, talking about the grief, did you did you experience grief and depression? Did you live in that, those moments? Um, I didn't experience depression, but I absolutely did have hard days where I, you know, I thought, why did this have to happen to me? Um, am I going to feel like this forever? And I think a large majority, though, as a young woman, especially, you know, I was injured when I was a sophomore in high school. And I remember I've always I was always a really a popular outgoing girl athlete, you know, got along with with many people and was always a part of a team. And I, I often I often joke that there's two types of athletes. There's um, team sport athletes, like, you know, basketball players, baseball players, et cetera, football players. And then there's single sport athletes, like tennis players and golfers. And I had to go from being a, a team player to a solo player. And that was really hard for me in a lot of ways because I, I thrived in, in a team environment. I'm extroverted. I'm very social. And um, to go from being in that environment from the first 15 years of my life, essentially, to now not really having anybody that I can relate to. A large majority of people that endure spinal cord injuries are, are pretty much men because they're a lot more <laughs> they're a lot more daring than women. I was say me. they're idiots. They're idiots. Except say that. <laughs> and, well, except me. So um, I, I didn't really have a lot of friends that I could relate to in my situation. And that was a very isolating feeling. And I remember thinking to myself, like, well, you know, one day I'm going to be, this isn't going to feel as big as it felt. Cause I remember in high school, it did feel like I just kind of felt like the odd person out. And it's not that anybody made me feel that way or it's, or it's not that I wasn't included. It's just that I was different. And it took me, it took me years to really embrace my new uniqueness with my disability and kind of use it as my superpower and not as a, Oh, I just want to be normal or, I just want to fit in. Um, and, and a story I have behind this is it's really uh, just, you know, bear with me, everyone listening. Um, but I was I was going to physical therapy. I had a really hard day at physical therapy. And usually, as us gals do, when we have hard days, we're like, well, we're going to go retail shopping. So um, I went to the mall with my mom after physical therapy. And I was coming up in the elevator. And there was this older gentleman in the elevator. And he just kind of was looking at me up and down and he he asked me, you know, oh, like what happened? And I just was like, if I wanted to talk about the worst day of my life, I sure as heck wouldn't do it with a stranger in an elevator today. And my mom just looked at me and was like, you know, kind of like, oh, as we walked out, I'm so sorry. She was having a hard day. And I was having a hard day. But I think for me, in a lot of ways, um, Every time my new reality was kind of similar to what I imagine celebrities feel in a way when they leave public places. I I got stared at all the time. Um, I got interesting looks from people. And I think a lot of the times people were just trying to figure out like, she looks normal, but why is she in the chair? She's so young to be in the chair or, you know, whatever it may be. And I had to kind of work on my perception of um, of going out to new places and not trying to analyze why are people looking at me? I feel different. I don't want to go out places because I don't want to be stared at. I don't want to go out places because it's harder to get around. What if the place that I'm going to isn't wheelchair accessible? I mean, these were all new questions and my new reality in a lot of ways. And um, and my mom gave me, she's just, she's such an amazing person, but she gave me great advice. And she said, you know, 
everybody is going to have moments. And in your situation, you know, people are, have you ever considered that people are looking at you because you're beautiful or because you're X, Y, Z or whatever it may be. She's like, you know, you just, you have no idea what other people are thinking. You, you know, you have, you have no idea. And so to hold, to let that have so much weight, um, on your decisions, what you choose to do or not to do, um, you know, that's, what their opinion of you has really nothing to do with you. And, right. you know, she taught me that over and over and it helped me in so many ways because I do, I do still get that. And sometimes when people, um, I have new friends or colleagues, they'll go out with me and they'll say, Oh gosh, that person's just staring at you or this or that. And, um, I imagine like many celebrities, it becomes very like second nature. You don't, it doesn't really, it doesn't really bother you or it doesn't really, um, you know, have any hold over your day or, or, or really how you feel about yourself. Well, they could also be staring at you because they're interested in you in a possible dating way, or they could be <laughs> staring at you because you're very inspiring. I mean, that's the thing is like, uh, you know, I said this to Lolita who was on here. Um, and I said, this is the, you know, anyone listening, this is that moment of what am I complaining about? Because you have every right in the world to spend the rest of your life being pissed off. Mm-hmm. But you have chosen, like I've talked about in here and many of my guests have talked about in here, is you can choose every morning to wake up and say, I'm going to have a great day. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to mm-hmm. laugh today. I'm going to do this today. I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to do this. Thing. You, you, can, you have all these choices. Oh my gosh, 100% to that. And I also think too, that for, for myself, um, you know, I I have, like I said, I've had a lot of people ask me like, Oh, how are you not mad? How are you not angry? How do you not feel shorted? And I, I just don't, I don't feel sorry for myself. And I really never have. Um, And in a lot of ways, what has really helped me and had propelled me in the beginning was, I had met so many amazing um, individuals that also had had spinal cord injuries. I had met many stroke victims. I had met many traumatic brain injury survivors. Um, And there was this one man that I met and he was um, a veteran and he had no legs and he was learning how to navigate his new reality with prosthetics. And um, he had something called phantom pains where basically, um, you know, you have no limbs, but you have an extreme amount of neurological pain. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, you know, things could always be worse, which I know in a lot of ways for some people, it doesn't work. But for me, it just helped me so much because it gave me perspective. It gave me the perspective to every single morning, look down at my feet. When my feet touch the ground, I'm like, wow, I have legs. I have feet. I have X. I have Z. And it forces you to be able to look at and evaluate what you have instead of nagging yourself and saying like, oh, I don't have this or I can't do this. It's like, no, you have this or you get to do this or, you know, and, and that for me has changed my life in so many ways. And I know for people that follow me on Instagram or are friends with me or, or know my story, I know they feel the same way when they spend time with me. They feel they don't feel like, oh, I feel so bad for her. They feel uplifted and they feel grateful for what they do have because it's a lot more than a lot of people have and a lot of my friends that I've met through my journey that have been injured too. 
I just want to add this. Anyone who is looking at you and saying, how can you not feel this? I would be this. I'd be that. A lot of that to me is that they already feel that way about themselves in their life. Uh And it's a projection. It's a projection of how they are already feeling in the world that they're in. Because I often find that the most positive people, the most um, kind people, the most giving people are typically the ones who look at the positives anyway. Mm-hmm. And don't go right to the, um, for lack of a better word, catastrophic thinking about the what if, because they're already feeling the what if, if that makes sense. Oh, t- absolutely. And, you know, to kind and of. And that has nothing to do with of, you. Yes, that has nothing to do yes. with you. Yes. And to kind of back off that, you know, I actually had one woman tell me to my face that she would rather be dead than be in my situation. Oh my God. And my answer to her, and it's, this was, this was years ago, but my answer to her was so straight. I said, you know, it's a gift to be alive. And if you have woken up today, the Lord has a plan for you. Even if it doesn't feel like it, the fact that you are here breathing on earth, there is a purpose for you. And I know that there's a purpose for me and it might not have been what I had originally envisioned for my life. But what if, just what if, it's something way better than I could have imagined? And that's that's how I feel every morning when I wake up. I wake up grateful to be alive. I wake up grateful for what I have. I wake up grateful, and I'm and I'm focused on, um, and I'm 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 focused on everything that I'm I'm able to do, achieve, and you know all of it. And it's I've had so many I've had so many crazy things that have been said to me though. And that could be a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> where do people find you online and where do they follow you? Yeah, so um my only social platform that I post is Instagram, um, at Natalie last name Bucos, B-U-C-H-O-Z. And you can follow along with me there for my what I do in my job, um, and just all of my fun adventures, but it's it's a fun place to see, to get a behind the scenes look of what I do every single day. So I hope I'll see you there. The final two questions go back to anything we've already talked about or anything you want to say. Question number one is this, who inspires you? Oh, who inspires me? I think Oprah is incredible um, and what she's done in her history for um, African-Americans. And I want to do the same thing for people with disabilities. I want to be the person that somebody can look at and say, oh, so-and-so worked a corporate job in a chair. So-and-so attended a red carpet in a chair. So-and-so did a keynote in a chair. I want to be a person that somebody that has an injury can look at and say, she did it. And so can I. The final question is not a question. It's how we end the show. And actually, I sort of began it this way, but you can change the answer and say anything you want. We close the show like this. Tell me something good, dot, dot, dot. Something good is that you are here on purpose. There, you, There's only one of you. You are so incredibly unique. And if you're struggling right now with whatever, just know that you are going to go through hard things and they're going to be great things. And I hope that this episode gave you inspiration and I hope it gives you a lot of motivation to go into anything, even if you're not feeling like you're great at it or you're nervous or whatever, but to go in and like Nike always says, just do it. 
Thank you, Natalie, for sharing your good. Next time on World Gone Good. We all can do a little something and you never know what you say or what you do, how that could affect that person's day or stick with them for life. Are you sick of all the bad news that's out there? Well, have we got something for you. It's a full episode of Good News. That's right. We are going World Gone Good News. Joining me is my pal Lisa, and we have a lot of good to share from previous guests to good stuff that's happening around the globe. If you need a reminder or a break from all the bad, and you need a reminder that there's a good happening out there, this is the all-new episode for you. Until then, be good. Be good.